I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Election Eddie, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? The NBA players had a vote today, and I don't. No one told them to stop counting, so that was good. We needed all the players' votes, and I'm we're excited because all the votes counted in this, you know, huge vote for the players and starting this brand new NBA season in December. They counted every single vote. We are so glad. The NBA is starting back up December 22nd, so we'll talk about that briefly. We have just random topics today. It's just one of those days, which is kind of a catch-all, bunch of random topics. Zach Lowe had an article and a podcast where he dropped just, I don't know, 100 nuggets about just different players, Uh, not just of the Denver Nuggets, but all kinds of players across the league. So, we're going to talk about that, talk about uh, a trade that we suggested on yesterday's show between the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Pacers that received, I don't know, the most hate about from a trade we've ever put out, and it wasn't from Mavericks fans. We'll talk to you about that trade today, and then we'll talk uh, about the NBA schedule as well and talk about what, what it could mean for the Mavericks. So talk about all that. If you're joining us on WFAA, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for watching us on WFAA. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all that kind of stuff. So subscribe to the podcast. Listen to us. We're five days a week there. And if you're listening on the podcast five days a week, we're still going. And this is going to be the, one of the craziest you know times to be a Mavs fan now because all of a sudden, you know, the league and the Players Association agreed to this December 22nd start. That means that in less than a month, the Mavericks are going to be doing training camp. So December 1st, training camp starts up. The Mavericks will be going through it. November 18th, we know, is the draft. And there's talks now that free agency could start sooner than we thought, which we thought it would be 72 hours, 48 hours after the draft. So it might be, you know, Watch the draft, stay up all night because midnight starts free agency. I mean, that's what we could be talking about at this point, at least what, you know, coming from Woj and Shams and all their reports today. Yeah, man, it's insane. I mean, if you are an NBA junkie, a basketball junkie, this is this is it right now. I mean, this is what we, we live for. And in a way, anybody that's in the content business for NBA stuff, offseason – you know, is where people like people almost love offseason speculation, rumors, player movement more than actual games. So uh, we're excited about that. Even, you know, the, the moratorium has to happen, too. And even lifting uh, the I don't know how what word was said to where trades can happen. That has to happen. The trade before moratorium. The, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to happen before the draft. I, I don't expect that to be the day of. I think it'll be, you know, a day or two before the draft. So I think that will be the first step to happen and I think that will be a lot of fun because there's been a lot of speculation around people around the league that you know there's deals that's already agreed upon not just like free agent deal but there can be you know some trades that's already agreed upon that impacts draft night and all this stuff that can't happen until that is lifted so that will be the first step and we could see some trades before the draft then the draft then free agency we could get all of that in a span of seven days so <laughs> 
If you guys haven't <laughs> been listening to Lockdown Mavs, Man. we're going to be giving you pods every single day, updating you on everything league-wide and you know the Mavs, of course. And if you're a longtime listener of the Mavs, if you're a day one, if you're a Raccoon Squad member, card-carrying Raccoon Squad, we should make cards, shouldn't we? We should make, we should make a card. cards. I got the logo already. We just need to make the cards. If you're one of those, you know that we've done draft dashes, free agency dashes, where we just go through, and we'll do pods every single day. So just like your sports radio, just like you know your TV or whatever you know whatever shows you watch, we'll we'll do a pod every single day through all that stuff. So you just stick with us, subscribe to the podcast. We will be with you guys. Uh, Seventy-two game schedule. I'm I'm kind of you know surprised it's going to be that much, like that many games. You you think about the lockout in 2011, they played 66 games. And that kind of started, you know, later like this. So they're they're really gonna either push those games together, or the finals is gonna be later than you know. It's gonna be in late June, maybe July even. So that you know you can try and project the schedule there. Uh, one thing we do know about the Mavericks, definite thing we do know from our friend Brad Townsend, friend of the pod, the Mavericks will be participating on Christmas Day. Christmas Day game for the Dallas Mavericks. Let's go, guys. I think not the playoff win, not getting to the playoffs. This is the moment when the Mavs have arrived. The Mavericks are playing on Christmas. Remember all the days of those 10-day contract guys that we talked about all the time on this show. Remember the days of Yogi Ferrell. Remember the days Mm. of Dennis Smith Jr. Remember the days. Jonathan Gibson. Jonathan Jonathan Gibson walking through. He's not walking through that door. The, uh, the Mavericks are playing on Christmas. We learned that from Brad Townsend on Twitter. He said that they will definitely participate. We don't know against who or you know what time slot or whatever, but I'm pretty excited for that. Heck yeah. I mean, we haven't got to – I mean, we've been covering the Mavs five, six years now and haven't got to see this. So uh, my Christmas day is going to look a little bit different this year covering <laughs> a Mavs game, so that will be a lot of fun. But this – you know, I'm so intrigued with what they do with the schedule. The 72 game mark, we hear the 70 game, you know, throwing out there a lot for the local TV networks and all of that. So I get hitting 70 games. I wonder how they're going to pull off the games. There's been a lot of rumors on, you know, keeping them in a certain market for a few days or playing a MLB type of series and stuff. And uh, just recently on, you know, the ESPN pod, Low and, and Marks, they were talking about if teams play other teams in their divisions more. And I think that is so intriguing to where, you know, normally you play each other, you know, four times throughout the year, uh, each team in your division. But what if they up it? So to keep you geographically closer, they up it to six or seven times, or I mean, it'd be crazy thinking about eight times, but if they up that, then you look at some of these teams in, in the league and it's like, all right, well, in most years, I would say that would screw over Dallas. But when you look at the division now, we expect the Spurs to be, you know, back down. We expect them to, um, you know, lower in the league this year, lower in the standings. If you look at, depending on how you view the Pelicans moving forward, and then you're looking at Houston, uh, and then Memphis. You know, Memphis was, was the eight seed last year, but it's not compared to like the Lakers and Warriors and Clippers. Like all of them in the same division, if they have to play each other, you know, seven, eight times, six times, like that's crazy, and that that impacts their record a lot because they're probably gonna, you know, even out some. So I I am very intrigued with the details of the schedule coming out. I mean, we know 72 games, but how they play the games and how they're spread out, I'm very very intrigued by. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I'm sure we'll see in the coming days. We'll probably have a whole schedule breakdown. We'll predict every single game in the schedule. 
that's not our thing. That's no. not our thing. We don't do that. No, we never do that. Oh, you think that's so funny. <laughs> that's always a thing people do, though. Yes, and we laugh about it every time. Yeah, we do. I think it's funny. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll know more in the coming days. I don't think we know a ton now. We just know that December 22nd is the start. December 1st is training camp. And then the draft is, you know, the 18th. We know that for sure. Free agency is going to be very shortly after that. Trade moratorium will be lifted before the draft some somewhere. So, man, it's a lot of good stuff happening all at once. All right, coming up, let's get into this trade that we proposed yesterday that got some feedback. Not from the Mavs fans. Actually, some from Mavs fans. Some. But one of the other two teams, their fans did not like this trade. We'll talk about it and why Mavs fans are really wrong about this one player that was included in this trade. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, if you are needing some extra energy from something that is stressing you out or keeping you awake late hours of the night that you did not expect, something that I will not get into, Built Go is the thing for you. It's the healthy replacement for your energy drink. The energy is not fake. It's lasting. It's natural. It's Built Go. They're these new packages from Built Bar. They combine the energy gel and the collagen protein. You get both of them, which you desperately need, especially right now. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. They're the best workout gel that you can take with you. They're very portable. You can put them in your pocket, put them in a briefcase, put them in whatever you want to. Take them with you. Go uh, on a golf trip, whatever you're going to go to, whatever you can do safely at this point. And uh, you're not going to feel that five-hour energy crash feeling. You're going to you know, continue to feel that energy. It's natural. You'll slide right off of that high. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. BuiltGo, let's go. All right, Isaac, let's get into this trade that we did yesterday. So, this is one of your your suggestions. I didn't throw you out. I didn't throw you under the bus. By the way, I tweeted this, you know, along with you know with a graphic with uh, with my Twitter account and the Locked On Mavs Twitter account, and I got all this flack from people saying this is the stupidest idea, blah blah blah. And I didn't say this was Isaac. This was Isaac. This was Isaac. <laughs> Except to uh, Locked On Pacers host Tony East. I told him it was your, <laughs> but I told him that yeah. privately. <laughs> this is the trade. The Mavericks would get Drew Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and Nicolo Melli. The Pelicans would get Miles Turner from Indiana, DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, and the Mavs' 18th pick in this 2020 draft. And then the Pacers would get Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, and the 31st pick in the 2020 draft. We knew this trade. We talked about it yesterday. Not enough for Indiana, probably. Uh, and mm. then, you know, for the, for the Pelicans, we said maybe it's not enough for them. But the feedback we got from a lot of Mavs fans, and it's not everybody, it's, just, you know, a vocal majority on Twitter, was that that was too much for Drew Holiday. That the Mavericks would be giving up Tim Hardaway, Maxi Kleba, DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, and both the picks in this draft. They said that that was way too much for Drew Holiday. All right. Let me tell you something about Drew Holiday. For those of you that may be in this camp, let me tell you something about Drew Holiday. He is a fringe all-star probably. He is not going to, you know, one of your all-star type players, but he is a 20 point per game scorer, has been each of the last three years, basically. He is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Kevin Durant said he might be the best defensive player in the NBA, which is high praise coming from a guy that plays against him every single night and said that us media people don't know anything about defense. So I'm going to take his word for it on that, on that one. He is also a guy that went toe-to-toe, head-to-toe with Damian Lillard in the 2018 playoffs in the first round and, and swept them, 
swept them with that Pelicans team and scored 40 points in game four against him and defended Damian Lillard. Like this is a guy that you want on your team. He's 30 years old. So he's not, you know, even Chris Paul level of old. He's a good veteran defensive presence. He does every, he checks every single box for the Mavs, not necessarily an enforcer. So that doesn't check. It doesn't check that box, but he checks every box for the Mavericks and you give up whatever you, you can to get a guy like that, just to get him under contract, just to get him on your side, just to get him on your roster because Luca, Drew Holiday, and Porzingis, if that's together and that's working, I don't care who else you put around them, right? They still have a couple other role players that, that would stay with the Mavs. Seth Curry wasn't in this deal. Dorian wasn't in this deal. Dwight wasn't in this deal. You know, they still have some good players on the team. And then the Mavs would still have the mid-level exception to add somebody. They yeah. would still have, you know, the, the you know veteran minimums that they can put, you know, they can grab some guys because people will be star chasing, ring chasing. So Drew Holiday is definitely worth that trade for me. I mean, think about where Tim Hardaway Jr. was at the start of last season, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, you know, we have to kind of calibrate some of these guys, right? Uh, so, what some of their, their values worth. So Drew Holiday, definitely worth that. Do you have anything you want to comment on Drew Holiday? Oh, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> everything you said, when you look at, I mean, how many, when you look at the best defenders in the game, a lot of times, sometimes they're not as good offensively. You know, look at someone like Pat Beverly, who is considered a really good defender at the guard position, but he can't score like Drew Holiday does, Joe who Bear. gives you a 20-point-per-game score and one of the best defensive players in the game. And it's not something that, you know, moving forward, it's not like he's under a, a five-year deal to where he's going to be making $50 million in you know three or four years. It's not anything like that. If you go get Drew Holiday and you pair him with Luka and Kristaps Porzingis, that's one of the best trios in the whole league. That's one of the best that's, big threes, if you want to say that, in, in, in the whole league. So Is that the best trio? I mean, there's not many trios right now, right? You could consider the Nets. There's a lot of Nets. duos, yeah. Yeah, they consider the Nets with, like, you know, Durant, Kyrie, and Karis LeVert. Like, that's a pretty good one, but I, I still even think the Mavs one is better than that, even though, you know, Durant's the best player out of that group, probably, if he's back healthy. Yeah. And then, you know, Lucas too and, you know, whatever. But, like, there's not many trios better than that with the Mavs. And here's the thing. Look at the look. Okay, look at the Dallas team that just took the Clippers to six games with Porzingis. We all know how many games he missed in that series. Got hurt. Luca, the ankle. They took the Clippers to six games, and a lot of us sat there and claimed if they were healthy and everything, like all of that, they would have beat the Clippers and went to the you know to this Nuggets series and who knows what from there. Okay, guess who didn't play in that series? The 18th pick and the 31st pick because they were in college. <laughs> Guess who also didn't play in that series? DeLon Wright. Hardly at all. True. Guess who also didn't play in that series? Jalen Brunson, who was you know, rehabbing the shoulder injury. So now you're looking at Tim Hardaway, and you're looking at Maxi Kleba. The other one that didn't show up in the, the series was Tim Hardaway Jr.'s jump shot, but we're not going to go there. Whoa, whoa. We can't just take shots like that. Neither did saying, Tim Hardaway. <laughs> but I'm saying, look at those are the two players. If you're looking at that team, if we were confident in that team moving forward past the Clippers, if they are healthy, you would be swapping out Tim Hardaway for Drew for, for Drew Holiday. And, and then you're looking at Maxi, which who who played really good defense and definitely is great on our team. But then you'd be swapping out Maxi for whoever you have in the MLE that you bring in MLE. Also, do you plan on re-signing Trey Burke? And also, you have Nico Melli, who a lot of people like and, and can hit the shot from downtown. So that's my my whole thing with, with Drew. And it's just a heart-to-heart, -heart really, for Mavs fans that 
We all love our role players in Dallas. I get them. We watch them every single game. Okay, I get it. We love the Jalen Brunsons and Seth Currys and Maxies and Dorians. We've seen all of these guys play on our team for years. We love them. They're awesome. But at some point, you can't sit here and claim for a better player, a third star, and sit here and say lines, well, I'm down for a deal, but I'm not giving up X player, X role player. No way. No package. I'm not including him. You have to give and take some. Like If you're going to get something, you have to give up something. And if you truly do want the third piece in Dallas, it's going to require multiple of these guys and draft picks, if that even gets it there. like There's a reason why... People much smarter than us are saying, hey, Dallas can't even get a Brad Beal or can't even get a Drew Holiday, okay? There's a reason why people are saying that because our role players might not be as good as what we think they are as Mass fans. So there's there's a reason for that. So we love them. I hope a lot of these guys stay in Dallas. But if that third star is going to come via trade, we're going to have to give them up. And give up stuff. Stuff yeah. that you might not want to give up. You know, we get attached to some of these draft picks. And even we're doing the lockdown mock draft right now. We're going through it and we're making trades. And we'll tell you, we did make a trade. We made we a made trade. A trade. We, oh. we made a good trade. We're not going to tell them what it is because we're not going to spoil it yet. Okay, but. but we can say this. We did entertain a deal to get into the top 10. A certain player dropped to... Still dropping. T- yes. And he dropped to 10. We kind of had a deal framework debating about it with Phoenix and we did this was before the deal we ended up doing so we made the other deal we didn't do this deal with Phoenix I think in hindsight I think I would have done the Phoenix deal if I knew this player was going to drop where they did um but we'll talk more about it when it all unfolds it's it's a lot of fun we did make a trade so y'all can be ready I didn't want to do that deal that you said to get the 10th pick because I was holding on to one of the the role players that was going to be in the deal and I didn't want to do that and they didn't want to do the other player that I was going to put in the deal so you know we can't get attached to these role players so much that you're not willing to improve the team like we get you know and also there's a sort of a facade that Tim Hardaway Jr. has been this really solid player and he was this past year but yeah is he going to be the same in a team without Luka right if they send him to the the Pacers is, you know, Aaron Holiday going to start at point guard and make him as good as, you know, he, or Brogdon at point guard. Is he going to make him as good as Luca did? You know, probably not. Let's talk about the Pacers. So let's, let's talk about the Pacers because this was the other side of it where we got lots and lots of responses. There was a, you know, a guy, Alex Golden is a Pacers, you know, blogger, you know, writer that uh, <laughs> retweeted this and said, interesting trade. And I think he got more flack than we did because people kept coming at him saying, you know, why would you even say that this is an interesting trade? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. This is a trash trade for the Pacers. And people were coming at him instead. But the idea that, that Miles Turner is worth more than, you know, they get out from under the Jeremy Lamb contract, which they don't, they don't like Jeremy Lamb. They, they it's it's they, funny because some fans are like, man, Jeremy Lamb's a great piece. You talk to some media people who cover the team. They're like, that's dead weight. And yeah. that contract because it's over and ten worse. million a year, yeah. And worse than dead weight, right? <laughs> that he, you know, kind of, you know, detrimental in some ways. So, yeah, there's that piece of it, and that Miles Turner is worth more than you know what they would get back is Tim Hardaway, Maxi, and then the thirty first pick, which is essentially a first rounder. But I can understand looking at it just visually and thinking that it, that's not a first rounder, right? Because it's it's technically not. It's in the second round, but it's essentially there. And so then they also. Yeah, that's all they really give up is Jeremy Lamb and Miles Turner for that. So do we need Miles a, Turner's, do we need to Miles come Turner, to Jesus? <laughs> Miles Turner's value is so interesting to me, and if he does get traded, which I, he might not, like it's a new coach, new 
you know, they might try to run a new system. And uh, the new the new word that I learned for no, Sabonis and Turner, no, Turbonus. No. And I, I literally tweeted that. I said, you don't that like turbonus? The you use like turbonus? of Turbonus turbo literally almost made me log off Twitter for the day. What I are we doing? I love Turbonus. I think that's the dumbest, greatest combo nickname. No. It's like Brangelina, Turbonus, Turner, and that, Sabonis. So bad. And it's now ever, it's the worst kept secret of people saying that they're going to break up this front court. And yeah, it's like worse than Embiid and Simmons. Yeah, so let, let's look at... I, I hate that I'm going to do this to Miles Turner because Dallas guy, we love him. I wish him the best. But um, he's not Wilt Chamberlain, despite what Pacers fans think of him. <laughs> he, had a, he had a monster year last year. Monster, monster year oh, in 2019-20. Uh, he, he averaged 12.1 points, 6.6 rebounds. Oh, let's go. That's your center right there. So bonus Thir is getting pulling down like 12 a game though. So Miles some of those Turner, go to him. Stretch five miles Turner at four threes a game um, shot at 34% from three. So that's good. Um, it's okay, but we're acting like he's KP and that KP did KP shot like 34% this year. It was really, it was really funny that so many Pacers fans came at it from the miles Turner angle. And I'm like, wow, y'all, like he's been in the league five years now and he's averaging 12 and six. Okay. So I don't know. And people, you're obviously going to pick Sabonis over Turner if you're going to pick between the two. So I'm just really curious on what their trade value is for Turner. For Turner, if they trade him, and I just want to see these Pacers fans' reactions whenever they trade Oladipo for literally, literally a bag of Sunkiss chips. Yeah, I think I think Oladipo should have more value than Turner, but it doesn't seem like Pacers fans think that. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know who has more value right now. Miles Turner, I know, right? Well, the, the other thing about Turner is there's a lot of this talk around the league that, or at least around media people and people that cover the league, and even some people that are you know connected with with you know teams that say you don't want to spend that much, 18 million a year, basically for a center like that, right? He's not necessarily game changing offensive center. He's a really good defensive center, but you don't want to pay 18 million a year. They want to do that bullpen approach. Seems like everyone's doing that because once you get to the finals, the only big men that can play are Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo. It's those kind yeah. of dynamic bigs are the only ones that can play. We talked about this, you know, all off season so far is that those are the guys that can play and you got miles Turner probably could play in an NBA finals, but against the wrong matchup, not going to be able to right like he's just not yeah. he's not quick enough he's not dynamic enough to be able to stay out there so um i yeah, like miles right. turner i like him we do want to see yeah. him. i want to see him in a place like boston something like that and i think he can have i think he can be much better in a system like that it's just right now with the production that he's had in indiana so far you can't expect to like he's not a tyler hero he's not one of those young he's not a Jalen brown he doesn't have that type of value in yeah. any like you're not trading miles turner and getting some like massive deal back for him so um, we agree it's not it's not great value for them in that trade but to, to call it like trash and to say that you know unless they're getting an all somebody said it unless they're getting an all-star type player back we're not trading uh, miles turner i was like okay well well have fun in these yeah i was year. like this he's not even an all-star player himself <laughs> himself yeah. he's not one so yeah I, th I thought that was interesting and it, sometimes it's interesting to get an insight into what fans think of a certain player that's why i subscribe to all the reddits just to go through and see what they think about each guy and stuff like that. So, all right, coming up, we're going to talk about Zach Lowe's bunch of tidbits in this article. We're going to talk about that. Also, I just got, uh, you know, a notification when the trade restrictions are going to be lifted. So we will talk about that and what it means for the Mavericks coming up. All right, Isaac. So I just got this from Sham Sharani. Trade restrictions are expected to be lifted by November 16th. 
So two, Ooh, two days, days before yeah. the draft is when they're expected to lift trades. So we're we're gonna have trades two days before you know you know the uh, the the actual draft, which is gonna be awesome. Those couple of days are gonna be sweet. We're gonna have basically trades November sixteenth and and then seventeenth lead up to the draft, eighteenth the draft, and then probably you know another day after the draft, and then probably you know free agency will start right. Like that's that's probably what they're gonna do with it. You, you know, think a couple, you think Nevada will be done by then? <laughs> They'll be sitting there counting, singing, singing away and counting. But no, I mean, this, that is this election is never going to end, by the way. It's just going to keep going with uh, with the first step, you know, that we talked about in that first segment. You know, that's the first step when this gets lifted, whether it's midnight or whatever. Uh, I, I expect I think we will see a couple of deals announced. I think we'll see some woes oh, and chomp, yeah. maybe nothing like massive. Uh, but I think we'll see some things happen and maybe the draft order changes on the 16th, whatever. But I just know if you're an NBA fan from the 16th through December 2nd, those two, three weeks, I mean, you're just locked in. I mean, I'm not going to schedule anything outside of my other job. No, so. no, I almost went on a trip and I, I texted Isaac and I was like, should I go on this trip? You know, it's November 20th. And he goes, you would of all times think about going on a trip like the day free agency is going to now what what I tell you I wrote back I said we could, I could cover the pod I was like but will you be happy like could you handle it if you're seeing everything go down as I'm just that's all I'm wondering like can you do that and uh, yeah, my family would not appreciate that so in Zach Lowe's article today he said by the way he said that you know on the trade talk side of it that executives haven't been able to do their job basically in nine months. There hasn't been a trade in nine months. Usually we would have at least like free agency by now. Or I'm like the, itching for a trade, man. I there love hasn't trades. been trade since the trade deadline in February, right? Like we haven't had that. So yeah, we're itching for some trades to happen. And so I think they will happen. So a couple of points from his article that there's a lot of Dallas noise. That was one thing he said, a lot of Dallas noise. Just they're trying to do stuff. They're, they're trying to move around, trying to get that third star. They don't see a path to it, but nobody saw a path to Porzingis either. So you never know yeah. what can happen with stuff like this. Um, Many within, this is going back to, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's a lot of stuff on him in there. Many within the Bucks remain confident that Giannis will sign a five-year Supermax extension. And uh, if we've learned anything over the last couple of days, it's that maybe the people inside the camps being confident about an outcome aren't necessarily the ones that are right about that. Uh, if if Giannis doesn't sign, you know, with the Bucks this summer, he can't sign during the year. That was a really big thing in this article. It's kind of a weird supermax, you know, incentive they kind of put it as so that the player doesn't have yeah. to deal with it all season. When are you going to sign? When are you going to sign? Like he doesn't. If he doesn't this off season, then he's not right. Uh, if he doesn't sign, then the Bucks are just going to ride out the season. They're not going to trade him. There's not going to be some weird like Tyler Hero, you know, for Giannis trade or whatever. So they're just going to ride it out. Giannis, of course, now will impact how his top potential suitors in 2021 free agency, and he lists three teams that are his top suitors: Miami, Toronto, and Dallas. Ding 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 ding. And he said that. Antetokounmpo's course will now impact how his top potential suitors will behave next month. I love that word behave that he used in there, that he's just how they're going to behave. So we'll see if Giannis signs it, then all of a sudden the Mavs, you know, plans could change. And then all of a sudden they make some different moves that we didn't expect. He also said a Luca Antetokounmpo pairing would be a nightmare for the other 29 teams. It would be a dream for us. Is Antetokounmpo willing to give up being the undisputed face of a franchise and lead ball handler to become a little more Anthony Davis and a little less LeBron? Love that analogy. 
Yeah. But but no, <laughs> the Mavericks are slated to have cap room and hold a bunch of tradable role players that they need to open if they need to open up more space. I think that Giannis would be he would be great in Dallas because Luca is like uh he's Luca's the face though. I mean, he, it's a ve- it's a very the, valid question. He's the face, but he's not the voice. Giannis could still be the voice if he came here, right? I mean, we've talked so much about how you know, he would Luca's but- not that great to you know to talk with in the media and stuff and luca's kind of like a just so happens face Giannis could yeah, be like the like poster boy luca, for a bunch of stuff luca is like he would luca would be 1a and that would that would be very clear and i like the lebron ad analogy for the court but i don't like it for like the the team because yeah like there's a there's a clock on lebron i mean no matter we know he's like not of this world but at some point he's going to be gone and ad's still going to have how many years left in his prime it's going to be ad's team from that point it, that ain't the case with Giannis and Luca. So if Giannis comes to Dallas, it's crazy to think that a two-time MVP could go to a team and not be like the one A option, one A like face <laughs> of the franchise. That way. It, that's just insane to think about. But this is Luca's franchise. That I don't. I I think in that in the low pod they were talking about players that just are untradeable and how like no player in the league. I fully, fully, fully believe Luka Doncic is untradeable. Like you don't oh, have, yeah. there's only just a handful. Like I don't care who it is in the league that is offered for Luca, not trading them. Kevin Durant, no. Giannis, no. Le- LeBron, Kawhi. If any of those teams offered for Luca, you're not trading. Luca Doncic is untradeable. So that is so for Giannis to come in. I think that is a very valid question. We don't. I don't know that about him. He's been used to yeah. that, but can he? I want to think so. I want to think they can just share it. But there will there be any type of thing of any because it's clear now KP is two, Luca is one, very clear. I think everybody understands that. I think KP understands that. Yeah, the whole team. But for but there's also been injuries for KP. He's been out. He's been recovering, so he gets that. Get two years down the road, and KP has made the All Star team a couple times. They have a title or something like that. Will KP be back to like, hey, like? Why ain't I up there? You know, because so it's natural right now for KB and Luca. But if Giannis comes in, can Giannis accept that? And I don't that's that's not a question we can really answer right now. I don't think I honestly think it would be harder for KP to deal with being a third guy than Giannis to be a second guy. But that's just me. I think Giannis would, sure, would, yeah. would appreciate not having the ball in his hands in those situations. <laughs> right. Because he's kind of faced with an impossible puzzle when he has the ball in his hands in crunch time. And that's why they've lost the last couple of years in the playoffs. Uh, the last thing that was in this article that I know you want to talk about and you want to touch on. Several, I can't remember if several rival executives have pitched the Mavs as a trade destination for Rudy Gobert, <laughs> who is eligible for a Supermax contract. Um, Zach Lowe goes on to say he gets the thinking, a rim-running center to stabilize Dallas' shaky defense, but he just can't get there. Zach Lowe just doesn't understand that. Devoting $65 million combined to Gobert and Porzingis when the latter needs to play a good chunk at center is not optimal. We agree. We're totally out on any kind of go. We're going to do our trade targets for Utah like next week, and we're going to talk about Gobert for like one second. <laughs> we're, just, we're out on it. It just doesn't make sense. No. No, I I don't understand. Nick gets the same text from me every time when I see <laughs> somebody tweet at us. I see uh, it's kind of like Drummond, but he's better than Drummond. Yeah. And when a new report comes me, out, and it's like, oh, people are talking around the league. What about Gobert? I'm like, guys, <laughs> I don't want to commit 
to 70 million in cap space to KP and Gobert to seven foot. Like, I don't want to do that. We need like we need wings. So uh, once again, I like Gobert as a player, uh, just not in Dallas and not alongside, not, you know, with KP and all that stuff. So, no, I'm 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 out on the straight idea for for uh, Gobert. I found it interesting though that it's rival executives. It's not you know inside the Mavericks, mm. inside the Jazz. You know, it's not like coming from there. It's just like this is an idea that's being thrown around, and it's from pe- people in the league that say this could be a good idea. But yeah. I think that because they see these defined roles that Dallas yes. plays. We've yeah. talked about this all Especially the time. How Dwight, yes, how Dwight Powell fits this mold of how Rick Carlisle likes the center position before the Dwight Powell injury. After the Powell injury, he shifted. KP went to the five. They played this more small ball approach and all that stuff, the stretch five. But with Powell, they like the center position to be this rim rolling center, just in like, and that's Gobert's like role. So it's like, all right, who's the best player in the league to play that role besides Giannis? Gobert will be one of them. But we're, no, like, no, that's not, that's, I don't think that is a playoff. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. That's exactly. Yeah, You know, that's exactly the way that it is. And yeah, there's a bunch of rumors. Guys, we'll be back on Monday. Soon we'll start our, our dashes, I guess. Probably next weekend we'll probably do some pods. But this weekend we're going to take off. Guys, we appreciate you jumping on and listening to us all week. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not. If you're listening on WFAA, we appreciate you listening and watching on WFAA. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. Our Twitter handles are in the bio of this podcast as well as under our faces. So if you haven't seen that, they're, they're under there. So go follow us there and also at Lockdown Maps. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Tune it up, KD. That sounds good right there. Don't mess this up. Please tell me the camera was on.